Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello and welcome back to Not Without My Sister. I'm Rosemary McCabe. I'm Beatrice McCabe. Excellent work, Beatrice. That was excellent. Thanks. Good timing. I like the big smile. You made it sound very warm and inviting. This is, this is not what that my sister did already say that. This is a podcast <laughs> where we two very intelligent sisters from Ireland will talk about whatever we decide to talk about. And this week, we're going to talk about children on social media. Well, not children on social media, but sharing your children on social media. And I can talk about, once more, how I'm a hypocrite. Or not how I'm a hypocrite, or, but how I've changed my mind... How yeah. I've cha- changed my thoughts over the years, having very strongly shared those opinions, but then changed those opinions quietly. It's a bit, it is a bit dangerous having like writing an opinion piece about your own personal opinions versus like these these are our thoughts on this thing that's happening or you know here is what I believe to be morally the right or wrong ways to behave is a little bit dicey because you do change in oh, your totally. life. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, okay, so to put this in context, a couple of years ago I wrote a piece about like I think it was called Please Keep Your Kids Off Social Media, right? Or please keep your kids off your social media. And partially it was because there was a period when I was writing on Patreon, I think it was on Patreon, or maybe it was on my on my own site, anyway, where I realized that I basically only got eyes on the pieces I wrote if they were kind of controversial. So I was always like trying to trawl through going, what is going to either annoy people or really engage people or annoy people. And like I wrote a few different kind of deliberately incendiary pieces because I also was like I don't care what people think about me even though I kind of deep down did right 
But then the other reason I wrote it was I was in Dundrum one day and I was at Yo Sushi. Have you ever been to Yo Sushi in Dundrum? I have not. So you know they have the sushi that goes around on the little track and you like pick out the bowl of whatever you want. And I always wonder like, how do they know how long things have been on the track for? Like, could something have been there all day? It kind of puts you off when you start thinking about it. But anyway, I used to really like it and I took dad one day and he even liked it, but he wouldn't eat any raw eel. Anyway, I was at Yo Sushi and I saw the child of an influencer I followed on Instagram. And that weekend I had seen her posting about his birthday party and she had showed like, like, you know, everything that they'd done on the day and who was there and the presents that he'd got, like, you know, just talked about everything. And I recognized him and he, and he wasn't with her. He was with some other adults that I'm assuming were like an aunt and uncle or his grandparents or something. And I remember just thinking it was so weird that I recognized this child. Like it was so weird to me that I looked across the room and went, oh, that's such and such's kid. And like, not only that, but I knew where, he, like, I knew roughly where he lived. I knew what his siblings were called. I knew what he had got for his birthday. And I kind of realized that I could have walked up to him and gone, hi, do you remember me? I was in your house on Sunday. I brought you the Woody toy or whatever it was. And he wouldn't, you know what I mean? And like, he was five, I think. And it just kind of struck me as being really... I suppose dangerous, but also like, you know, I think how much danger are your kids actually in when they're with you? But it just felt really, really weird and uncomfortable. And I suppose that's what kind of inspired it. But obviously then since I had my own baby, now I do share pictures of him. But I do wonder if, because I've thought about like, will I stop sharing him when he gets a bit older, when he gets like recognizable or when he's more likely to be out of the house without me? Because right now, obviously, he never goes anywhere on his own. Well, do you think times have changed though as, as well? But do you think people's opinions have changed? Or, I mean, I saw, uh, so that, that Instagrammer that we both follow, I think her name is Peace of Us X. I follow her because she had a very nice dress on once. And then she had this terrible, and uh, she does a lot of like events. I think her whole, th- I, I don't think she, I think she's a stay at home mom who does all these like events for her kids. Like she very much was, um, I, I don't I don't mean using them in the negative way, but like they were the main focus of her Instagram feed for a long time. Like yeah. my family, here's what we do. We're all wearing coordinated clothes. Here's a balloon Got tree, you, whatever yeah. they're called, balloon arch, you know, <laughs> balloon it was tree. all very, well, it was all very like, you know, millennial pink and kind of uh, aesthetically pleasing and a little, you know, very idealistic, very expensive, like setups for three-year-olds birthday parties kind of thing. And I don't yes. get the impression necessarily that they're loaded. So I was always watching it going like, this one's very handy. You know, she yeah, does a great yeah, job yeah. styling things, etc. And then her son had uh, swallowed a magnet, button magnet off the floor. Um, a button a button battery, right? Button battery, yeah. Mm-hmm. And was in hospital for a certain number of days and like, you know, apparently very close to death, etc. It yeah, seems it terrible, to be a, yeah. seems to have to be recovering now, although, you know, um, I don't know. I don't know how long it would take to fully recover anyway. And she made a statement then after going, being in the hospital, she's like, I won't be sharing my kids' faces on social media anymore. I'll be keeping sh- the sharing of them to a minimum. This is just a choice that I've made for myself. So, I mean, she didn't go into detail about it. Maybe she did. I don't follow her like mm-hmm. avidly and I certainly don't read. I usually I just look at pictures and go on. I don't really read most people's actual captions. So, yeah. so half the time I just read the comments, which I know is dreadful because a lot of articles that I read now are like, actually read the article. And I'm just like scrolling through the comments. <laughs> yeah. 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 Which, um, but it made me think like maybe it is still difficult if you're somebody who shares your kids a lot. Like I think there's a difference between like what you were saying, kind of looking at a photo. Like, it's the equivalent of looking at a photograph. It would have been years ago, except that the person showing you the photograph's not present, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas I was watching the other day, I did find myself scrolling through Brad and Angelina's daughter, uh, one of their daughters, Sheila, I think it was, who's like, I don't Shiloh? know, she is 17, whatever. Yeah, fine. 
whatever, what's her name? What age is she? 16 or 17? 17, now, right? I think, I was yeah. just And the paparazzi arrived taking photos of her, trying to have a coffee with her mates. Like, oh, she shaved her hair. Oh, her profile's just like her mom's. Oh, her profile's like her dad's. Her lips are like her dad's. And oh, there are all these so like side-by-sides. Yeah, and I was just going like, now that is an invasion of privacy. Yeah. That I can understand. Like, you'd just be going, get away from me. If, because like, you're they're not just taking pictures of your kids. Now, in that case, A, there's, there is true privacy issues because you're going to be this you know the target of a kidnapper if there is a kidnapper out there mm-hmm. wanting to kidnap people and you're famous and you're rich like obviously you're a target but like the negative comments as well that you're going yeah. to be reading about your kid are totally unnecessary and like this kid doesn't need to be reading them about him or herself like do you remember when um uh trump first went into office and what's his son's name the youngest one yeah with melania baron Okay, so remember when Trump first went into office and his son, Baron, like there were all these comments about he's really prissy. He looks like such a dweeb. What a nerd. And there were all these. And he was 11 or something, wasn't he? Yeah, he was like nine or 11. You know, really horrible, really nasty. And it seemed to have subsided. Like, I think there was a big push to, you know, not be doing that. It it became clear that it really isn't acceptable. Mm -hmm. So to me, I can understand if you're a famous person, if you're in any way famous, if you're a celebrity, if potentially your children are your main focus on your feed and people feel free as they do mm-hmm. to give their opinions. To say whatever they want, yeah. Yeah, about your kids. Then I could understand. But otherwise, like I feel if it's just documenting your life and you're just like out there every now and then your kids are in, are in your feed. To me, it's harmless. But like, I know not everybody thinks like that. Yeah, I mean, I suppose I, I'm trying to like, even when I, even when I shared that piece, I think I very much would have been like the odd photo of your kid or like, you know, here's my kid on his birthday or here's my kid doing whatever. That kind of felt okay to me, but it was more the like documenting of everyday life and including your kids and just giving so much of their lives away felt to me at the time. And I suppose feels a little bit to me now, just like, it's not even like, it's too extreme to say it's exploitative. It's too extreme. Like it seems too extreme to me, right? To say that it's an invasion of privacy it just feels like a little bit much. You know what I mean? But but like to me, but by that token, each to their own. And I don't have a problem with people sharing their kids. But I do think where the issue comes up and where it's interesting to think about is when you see influencers who are making money, not from their kids, but specifically by using their kids in campaigns. Like I've seen people using their kids in campaigns for Old Navy or like using their, you know, in campaigns for brands that have a very family feel. Well, Catherine Schwarzenegger just did a collaboration with some clothing company and now her two, they're all wearing these matching uh, kind of cottage core dresses and the kids are in the campaign. And that was, you know, her thing, mommy and me styling, because that's kind of the persona that she's projecting out there into the world. Now, it was Mm -hmm. interesting in the main photo that was on her Instagram, the kids had their backs, you know, they were looking up at her and it's not, I don't think she hides their faces or anything, but I like in general, as I mean, as a rule. But yeah, I don't know how I feel about like monetizing your kids. I certainly don't think, uh, who is it? The one that was really famous years ago, Ryan, Ryan's Toys. Uh, oh, who was Ryan's Toys, yeah. And it's now like earns 50 something million a year, you know. But that to me is like beyond the pale. You know, your kid needs to be a kid. Um, Natalie Portman yeah. came out this week and said like she doesn't think that kids should work in Hollywood. And I don't know what they would do for the kids. But maybe this is the, maybe that should have been the the deal that they struck, they struck with the SAG-AFTRA. AI is allowed for only for kids. Under eight. Yeah. You know, <laughs> but I mean, so like 
that's kind of where the question comes up for me, though, because if you're a kid working in Hollywood, there are certain rules, right? That you're only allowed to work a certain number of hours. You have to do a certain amount. You know, even if you're full time on the on the set of a soap, you have to have a tutor. You have to get paid a certain amount. There has to be a separate account for you. Some of it has to go in trust. Like there are all these different legal things around it. Well, I actually think that's interesting as well, because I think they only have to do something like three hours of school a day. And I actually saw, you know, there's a lot of homeschooling in America compared to Ireland, for example. Mm -hmm. And I saw a thing the other day that says homeschooling is not that a friend of mine posted it via another friend. Homeschooling is not, you know, you think it's hard and you want to do it, but you're intimidated. It's not that hard. Here's how much time it takes. Uh, Kindergarten to first grade. So that would be like, um, you know, junior to high. Baby infants to, yeah. Half an hour to one hour daily. Right. Then it was like middle school, which would be sixth class to like second year. And it said three hours. Then it said high school, which would be, you know, the upper end of Mm -hmm. secondary school, three to four hours daily. I'm like, how? Because I mean, I could kind of understand that with the junior infants, because I do think a lot of their day is like getting a circle, put on your clothes. And it's also playing. and Yeah. Yeah. A lot of it is playing. And I'm assuming she means half an hour plus lots of playing and like shadowing me around the house and doing whatever, you know, making crafts and cooking and whatever you're doing, talking about colors and learning through like, you know, experience, not just like half an hour and now go and watch the TV. Um, But I was surprised by the middle school. Like, I do not think that in sixth class that I was doing the equivalent of three hours of work. I do think that, you know, we were doing a lot of learning. And I think that my kids who are in school with their full recesses, like have very full days of learning. But, yeah, yeah. you know, I was, so I, I mean, I would like to kind of know more about it because I thought it was interesting. I don't intend to go homeschooling because I just, I'm not cut out for that. And I think that it's good to socialize, et cetera. I think there are a lot of benefits to being in a school, but I mean, each again, each to their own, you know? Yeah, but I also reason, think- Within reason. Yeah, but like whatever about homeschooling one child or two children, I think if you have four kids and you're trying to, ho- trying to homeschool them in separate grades, it would be so difficult. Like well, to- mother has a friend who had, was it eight kids, nine kids, and they were all homeschooled. Do you remember? And they all turned out to be geniuses and like highly creative, et cetera. The Malarneys, she's always oh, talking about, they? you know. Were they homeschooled? Yeah, they were all homeschooled. That. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, all God. Homeschooled, yeah. Um, I was just saying like, if you're an Instagram kid or if you're a YouTube kid or YouTube, mm-hmm. I think they're, they're bringing in more regulations. But if you're someone's kid on Instagram and they're doing an old Navy ad, there's nothing to say that you get any of that. And there's no, there's nothing to say that you have to have representation or that you have to have anybody oh, yeah. with your, with your interests in mind. Now, obviously we're assuming and hoping that your parents have your interests in mind, but like if I'm an influencer and I'm doing a campaign and, and they say, can you get your kids in it and do a picture of you all in your family PJs? I'm not necessarily thinking, sure. And then 50 quid of that goes to each of my kids. I'm just going grand. I get them in the picture. Do you know what I mean? Like, as in, I like wouldn't occur to me if it was yeah. just one. But then, six months time or a year's time, have you then done ten campaigns that have included your kids and they haven't been paid for any of it, but you have, and then that feels really dodgy. It does, yeah. But also, like some of those choices, like having your kids in PJs, like that can that could be difficult for like depending the age of the kids. You know what I mean? A five year old is probably going to be like grand. I'm happy to be in my PJs. I would not have been delighted age thirteen to be asked to get in my PJs in front of all of Ireland. You know. That would have been like my ultimate nightmare now. <laughs> would have been mom's beyond ultimate nightmare. Can you imagine mom as a stage mom? We're not doing any of this. No, I We're cannot. not doing any of this. No. Well, she also would have been like, I'm not doing this. You get up there and do that. You're fine. You're fine. You can do it. Just listen, just try that on behind that rack there. Nobody's looking at yeah. you. Yeah. Things she would never do. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So, you know, I I mean, I don't know. I feel like with, it's different if you have a very public profile. Like a lot of accounts, social accounts are private. Mm-hmm. Right? So I'm kind of confused by people with very small follower accounts who obviously keep their circles very intimate but who then put hearts and circles and flowers over their kids faces because to me that's a little bit weird like I'm actually your friend or I wouldn't be in this group of you know 100 people and if you were here I'd be looking at the photos of your kids and you wouldn't have a problem so I don't really I don't understand that extreme privacy like it doesn't bother me I don't lose any sleep over it but I don't really understand the benefit of like who's it benefiting but I do think to your point what they're thinking, though, is my child can decide for him or herself when he or she is older. But I don't think we ever had that luxury when we were kids. And like, I think there's an, I think there's a balance of preciousness because, for example, I didn't get to choose my haircut when I was young. I didn't get to choose any of Listen, those gosh, 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 sweaters that were put that. on me. I didn't no, get to choose I mean whether is... or not to be in the paper stuff and cake in my face when when Michelle Smith came to back to Raccoon <laughs> after the Olympics. And look but at us all now. That's kind of my point. Like, I think that there's something to, I mean, I'm not saying that putting your kids on social media is teaching them the lesson of how to be uncomfortable, but like this, I think there's a little bit of preciousness around the idea of like, my kids will decide for themselves when they're older. This is their choice. I I understand it. But in life, I don't think it stops there. I think there's Mm -hmm. that individuals who feel that are tend to be more precious in my opinion. You know what I mean? In my like precious is the wrong word, but they tend to have views that I am more like, Asher, they'll be fine. They'll be grant. You know what I mean? They tend to have stronger views around lots of things and not just social media. I think there's I think there's a correlation between 
there's probably a strong Venn diagram overlap between people who cover their kids' faces on their private Instagram feeds and people who won't have Alexa or Siri in the house because they think it's listening to them or who, who like think their phones are listening to them and worry about that. Whereas I'm like, if my phone's listening to me, it's literally picking up nothing of value. Like, good luck to it. I'm and saying I'm... nothing interesting and nothing secret and nothing like world altering. No, I'm actually really annoyed with my phone. It only picks up on total nonsense. Oh, yeah, like, mine too. I'm and then starts advertising the me. stupidest stuff to me. I know. Yeah. Like I showed you that one where it showed me recently a guy with the worst, like the blackest, gapiest, holiest, rottenest teeth and said, need help with your smile? And I was like, what the fuck? I know. I I'm actually, it. yeah, I'm like waiting for my phone to listen to me talking to you about my moments of existential dread and actually offer me a solution. Yeah, like I don't know how many times this year I've said to you, like not same as existential dread, to be fair. But like, I really need a really good cookbook oh, rack. Not yeah, one fucking no. ad for a cookbook rack. Do you know what I mean? I've I gone, know what you I mean. I need yeah. a Murphy bed, not a fucking Murphy bed advertised to me. Like, when I I need a blank. Should be if that phone's listening. Yeah, it should clue. pick up on the word need, not just you going like, God, imagine somebody buy a kitty litter tray with a robot, and next thing you know, all you're being advertised is robot kitty <laughs> yes. litter trays. And you're like, that's not what I was saying, but. Back to the people who cover their kids' faces. I think a big part of it is that if you were in their house looking at pictures of their kids, you couldn't take a picture of that picture. And I think people really have it in their heads that people are screenshotting pictures or people could potentially be screenshotting and keeping. And that then, despite their their best efforts, the picture of their kid is on the web. Somewhere. You know what I mean? That this, There's this idea that like those pictures are online now forever. You're like, and what? And like, what's going to happen to them? Even like I've heard people kind of talking about, you know, anybody, anybody could get their hands on that picture. And I'm like, and do what with it? Like, not that I particularly like the idea of somebody who's a predator or even like like a borderline weirdo having a photograph of my child. But I also am like, they can't do anything with that. You know what I mean? They had they have the photo and like it probably makes me feel a bit uncomfortable. But what difference does it make to me or my child? Now, if they're using that photo to drive around Fort Wayne and find my child and stalk them and get them in the back of the van, I have a problem with it, right? Yeah. Again, if they're using it for a decoupage to make a fantastic looking floral wreath, as I saw in my Craft the Rainbow book by your woman who wrote, by your woman, the Instagram or the house that Lars built, then, you know, actually sounds incredibly creepy imagine a tiny wreath floral wreath made out of disembodied kids somebody heads. else's kids somebody else's kids heads oh yeah somebody else's kids but you know even even when people say oh like somebody could have that picture for nefarious purposes i'm like or like could be like like using that picture to stalk your kid really like what are the chances do you know what i mean as in i'm like that's not something that overly worries me and if it did if that is something that i'm really really worried about i'm not going to the supermarket with my kid i'm not going to the Shopping center with, you know, I'm not going anywhere where there's a lot of crowds because I'm like, anybody could be looking at my kid. My kid's incredibly beautiful and could be deciding to stalk him. I don't know how we got down this relatively (laughs) dark. But I mean, I think I think that's one of the big things that people talk about when they talk about not sharing pictures of kids is like, it's dangerous. They could get into the wrong hands. People could be looking at those pictures, you know, not as innocently as like, oh, that's a lovely picture of her kid. You know what I mean? And I'm like, that's just not... Like, I accept that that happens, but I also think that's not something that's going to directly affect me or my child if I don't let it, if you know what I mean. Is a lot of the conversation, though, that started, you know, 20 years ago at this point, probably, was it, you know, a lot of it is also to do with the fact that the internet is so unpoliced. Mm -hmm. Like, there, you know, that it is something that we as 
humans, like as people who live in an ordered society with laws, etc. We're trying to kind of create expectations or uh, not rules because there can't be rules necessarily like that on the internet, but kind of guardrails. We were trying mm-hmm. to put guardrails around behavior and social interaction on the internet. I think that was part of it, that it was also, I am a this kind of person and not a that kind of person. I am the kind of person who, you know, allows my children to, it was, a lot of it was about children's rights and adults' rights and like humans' rights. And the fact that it was also new, that mm-hmm. we didn't have to deal with this as kids. And it was like, I don't want to put this, I don't want to give my children something like a burden that I didn't have. It's not fair. Yeah. Yeah. And like as part of that conversation, right, a big kind of talking point of it is children below the age of 18 cannot legally consent. Therefore, they cannot legally consent to having their pictures online. Therefore, we cannot consent for them, even though like as parents, we do consent for them to loads of other things. But like, you know, this isn't a necessary thing. This isn't a vaccination. This isn't a like signing them up for school. This isn't like we could all live without being on the Internet. But if you have a kid who is 10, 11, 12, 13 and has a phone, right, and has TikTok or has Snapchat or has Instagram, they are going to then upload photographs of themselves and share things of themselves online. So I wonder if the same people who think, okay, they're they're not old enough to consent, do they then say to their kids, you can't share anything of yourself online until you're 18 because we're saying until they're 18, they can't consent. Do you know what I mean? Oh, I'm sure they do. I also really think that we we all, most of us are concerned about what they're sharing online because they're understanding of like obviously their brains are still forming right Mm. so they're really and and they don't understand the ins and outs of what's offensive what's not offensive what constitutes child porn what doesn't you know the fact that what you're disseminating or what you're commenting on or how your comments could be perceived Mm -hmm. and this idea of you know your digital stamp on the internet being like you said there forever yeah having an impact now on your you know ability to be hired, your ability to get into college, like everything for the future. You know, I mean, I looked at Nash has a TikTok that every time I take his phone, he deletes it, right? But he has a TikTok. And I looked at some of the videos, I was like, well, you need to take them down. Now, in general, they were harmless, but like you're looking at it with such a critical eye for your own kid, you know? And then he had like several ones where he's thrown some really wonderful dance moves across his bed and doing like whatever you know, TikTokers do. Yeah, yeah. And this is obviously one of the dance trends. You know, there's a uh-huh. lot of these dancing trends I sound really young um and he is doing a lot of them but then when I go like do that for me he's like mom no way it's really like I do that for the entire internet but not for you <laughs> you're like oh okay um I more meant from my my previous question though because we didn't grow up on the internet and this next generation and this current generation did and do will they have the same reservations or will they have be even will they have more reservations for their own kids when like, will they should like, will this generation that is now going to have kids in the next 10 years, will they be hiding their kids faces or will they just be like, it's fine, you yeah, know, within or, reason again? Yeah, yeah. I wonder or like, like, will they be or will they be sharing even more online than we do? You know what I mean? Because they're like, well, this is like everybody does this. But you know what you said there about jobs and like when you go for interviews, looking at your digital footprint and kind of taking something. I think that's getting less and less common now. In that, everybody has stuff online. Now, like, n- that's not to say that if you said something like completely racist or bigoted or homophobic, like that's all still totally held against you. Whereas I feel like 10 years ago, we were afraid to have anything online that showed us like looking a bit drunk, 
Like I remember asking friends of mine, you need to take that down because I look really, really drunk and what if somebody sees that? Whereas now I feel like going out, partying, having a good time, seeming to be like a bit drunk or just being stupid. I feel like that's much more acceptable now. Do you know what I mean? Like, like still people don't want themselves to be seen doing anything illegal. But yeah, like, except for who's, who was it? The prime minister of Norway, who was it? Denmark, the female prime minister. She's like the youngest prime minister that they ever had. She's 36 or something. Um, I probably better look her up. Hold on. And she was seen out dancing, drinking and dancing with a man and basically then resigned. Oh, a man who wasn't her partner, wasn't it? Yeah, but like she was out at a work do having a drink. So, I mean, I feel like there's still a lot of judgment out there over drinking, you know, being caught doing things that you shouldn't be doing. Now, again, she's like, she's the president or the prime minister, but yeah, yeah. kind of irrelevant. No, I'm more, um, I was, I was, I think there's two sides of that. I feel like there's the people who get fired for like, yeah, like you're saying, very inflammatory things or who don't get, you know, uh, college places or scholarships or whatever. And you read about the odd case, like mm-hmm. they discovered this dark history of like racist statements on the web, whatever. But then I was only talking about this today. I am constantly shocked at the amount of people who come for a job interview and have never looked at the LinkedIn profile of the people they're going to meet. Like, seems like the least you could be doing, you know, just a little bit of fact finding beforehand. I don't think I've ever looked at the LinkedIn profile of the people who are interviewing me. Like, I've looked up loads about the company and everything, but I don't think I've ever done any research on the individuals. Like, if you're going to be reporting to this person and like, what's their background and where they come from? I mean, it seems like the least you could be doing. Honestly, never occurred to me. I've always just been focused on like the job and the company, not the actual people. You're looking you're looking really like I'm a dum dum now. No, I recommend you do both. Well, I'm, I rec- I'm so, never interviewing for a job ever again in my life. I okay. hope. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> but yeah, you know what? You know what actually drives me mad now is when people come up with this person has been found to be like, they found a picture of him doing coke when he was in college or they found a picture of him smoking what looks like a blunt. And I'm like, would you actually get a grip? Who cares? A blunt. Well, Emily Blunt came out recently and apologised for something she said many years ago in an interview on a TV show. Did you see that? Oh, that was, yeah, but it was kind of gross. What? She, she was talking about some waitress that she had in like Cracker Barrel or something. And she said, I was in Cracker Barrel and my waitress walked up and, you know, I think she ate the whole of Cracker Barrel. She was huge. And it was yeah, like, it was I know. a dick thing to say. Yeah, I know. She, oh, sorry. Your, Go on. Sorry, my point was she came out and she apologized for something that she said that... Again, you can change. I was just going to say that I thought her apology was quite good. Oh, you know, she said, sorry, sorry. Yeah, she came and she said, I saw a glimpse, I saw a clip of myself saying this. I clearly said it and I thought it was funny at the time. But like she also lived through the same culture that we all lived through. Mm. And I'm not necessarily saying it's okay, but like we all have said things, not necessarily on, we haven't necessarily been unlucky enough to be on TV shows caught forever on camera saying them, right? But I mean, I imagine I could have said a couple of things in my career that I would not want played back to me now that out of context or 20 years later, I was just were, wondering, probably weren't funny at the time, probably weren't funny at the time. Yeah, but, but I was just wondering were at least in, acceptable like, within the, cu- the culture is what I'm trying to say, like they were the norm. Yeah. And I thought she did a very good job. She said, I said it really disgusted with myself that I said it. I like how rude, how hurtful. Uh, I'm really, you know, I really want to apologize and I'm ashamed of myself for, for that. And I was really horrified. Yeah. Cause like, what else are you going to do? Like, I feel like, you know, 
Like I would, I, I think like there has to be some forgiveness, you know, we can't just be like, you did this and you're sorry about it. And so what, like you're saying from the beginning of what you, you know, your, your, your views have shifted, your mm-hmm. thoughts have changed. Well, this is back to the whole kind of just Timberlake conversation, isn't it? That it's like, like, oh, yeah. is there a statute of limitation on forgiveness? As in, if something happened when you were in your teens, are we more likely to forgive you than if something happened? Probably, right? If you did something in your teens than if you did something when you're 35. Yeah. Well, also, are you like, are you actually a changed person? Are you still the same person? <laughs> Sweetheart. <laughs> yes. Um, I haven't even played games only for a little bit. So can I... Ha- so I'm letting your phone charge, so can I have a, a bit extra minutes to play games? Yes, if you go out now for a minute, please, and let me finish my, my yeah. podcast. I can't believe See you didn't have the phone charged for the minute he got home from school, Beatrice. What kind of mother are you? I was out all day. You should have had it plugged into your car. Although you, you I did, but Bo was like... playing Christmas songs on it. Ella Fitzgerald Christmas album that he's discovered that he now loves. You should have had it on airplane so mode playing nothing. But sorry, I was, I was fucking asleep in the doctor's office. Okay, <laughs> I'm obviously tired. You know what I was going to say? I wonder if in 20 years time, we'll listen back to early episodes of the podcast and be like, Jesus, better apologize for that. Rosemary, I already think if I was to listen back, I'd be like, please edit this out. Please edit that out. I try to be careful, but like every now and then I think I got a bit carried away, just like enjoying some chat and said something really stupid and insensitive. Well, I actually wonder, like I worry about myself that I, like enjoying the chat and gave too much away Beatrice I know that I worry seem about like you me. too I worry about you a lot more than I worry about me and I would say those tattlers would agree T- take that out take that out take thank that out thank you I all so much for listening to Not to Without My Sister the tattle addict my sister the tattle addict I'm You're not the tattle addict. anymore oh, I haven't read it what? once are you not have you given it up yes <laughs> <laughs> thank you all so much for listening oh. follow us on instagram at not without my sister and please consider subscribing to our patreon patreon.com slash not without my sister for five dollars a month you get an extra bonus episode each and every friday are you trying not to yawn i am going i'm going out now to play lego make crafts drink wine i am going to start posting all of my great crafts on our instagram website Correct. On the Instagram <laughs> website for everybody to follow along with my creativity sans cricket. Well, listen, if you're very good now, maybe Santa will get you a cricket for Christmas. And I can start making Christmas decorations for, for next, next year. year. Thank you all yeah. so much for listening. We'll be back next week. Thanks for listening. Not Without My Sister is recorded in studio in Fort Wayne by Don Kirkland, who also wrote our theme tune. And the original illustration is by Lindsay Nielsen. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.